The Buccaneers have no quarterback, no offensive coordinator, and a lot of cap issues. We talk about the next steps for the franchise right now. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Box Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, and you can check out everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks. My normal co-host is at DHarrison82. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to six players, and if they will score more or less than their Price Picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PricePicks.com, promo code Locked On. For those of you watching on YouTube, you see that there's somebody next to me that is not normally next to me. Uh, <laughs> joining us on this episode is no stranger to the Locked On Bucks podcast. She is president of the Joe Burrow fan club and Arizona <laughs> State Sun Devil legend, Kay Adam, best friend. Ladies and gentlemen, she covers the NFC North for Fox Sports, Carmen Vitale. Carmen, welcome back. We have missed you. Oh, yeah. You left out the six years I spent with the Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's great to be back and thank you for having me. And I really like being like a guest co-host because I don't ever have to do the ad reads. So yeah, Thanks. there, there is that. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, a lot of those to go around. And I mean, if it makes you feel any better, David usually makes me do them anyway, especially <laughs> we're live so that he can control the, uh, the board there. But we do have to start things off with the retirement of Tom Brady. There was a lot of speculation mm -hmm. as to where he would play next season. Apparently, there wasn't enough <laughs> speculation on if, if he would play next season. So did the announcement surprise you at all? Or did you see Brady's retirement as a more than likely situation given how last season went? Yeah, no, I I honestly didn't think that he would retire uh, personally, just given the fact that the way that the Bucks went out and the fact that that's, you know, he seems to have maybe some more free time on his hands uh, due to what's going on um, or what's been reported that goes on in his personal life, which I don't like to speculate too much about. But that being said, I talked to a few of the guys over in Tampa asking them, you know, how the season wrapped up if they had any inkling as to what Tom was going to do, uh, just, you know, how, what their feel was. And a lot of them did tell me, yeah, this seemed different. Cause I, I even asked that too. I was like, they're like, no, I think he might retire. And I was like, really? I'm like, oh, I, you know, and I went back and forth with all these things. And I was like, is it different from last year? Like, you're like, no, this, this, this did feel different. This felt different than last year. So from that regard, I guess I'm not surprised, but like, I personally was like, no, I, I don't, I think that he would, but starting over, going to another team, I really, not that anyone wants to hear that Tom Brady is even harder of a worker than we all already thought, but his first year in Tampa was, he did more than anyone even knows. I, like, he was literally playing real live Madden for most of the season, where he, what, like, he wasn't comfortable with the playbook. It takes so much, and it takes so much dedication 
to get through an NFL season, much less with another team. So starting over was always my thing. I was like, I don't, I don't know that he wants to start all over again. That was really hard. Well, and it, it seemed that even if he came back, he would have been starting over in in some capacity, just given the fact that you have all the the changeover on the offensive staff. So even staying still would have been a challenge to some degree. But you know, David and I had talked about it numerous times. Where could he end up? I had mentioned you know the New York Jets almost as kind of that wild card option, but it always seemed yeah. to come down between Tampa and, and San Francisco because San Francisco mm-hmm. was built really similar to how the Bucks were in 2020. They are right. a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, if it weren't for the unfortunate injury to Brock Purdy, maybe they're playing in the Super Bowl this weekend. But that seemed the only place outside of Tampa that he would have gone to. And I still felt that he had, you know, at least one, maybe even two years left in him. But at the end of the day, you know, he's going to make the best decision for him. But, you know, you you mentioned that the the players felt said that it, it felt different this time. And I had somebody ask me, you know, if, if I got that feeling given the way Tom Brady had addressed the media and mm-hmm. what some of the players were saying. And I just said, it was, it's too hard to read into that situation. He was just right. coming off of a home playoff loss against a team that he had never lost to before. And, and everything's going to be difficult at that exact moment. But Sure. At the end of the day, you know, Tom Brady, he he is done. So there's uh there's certainly some work to do in Tampa Bay. But you know, obviously you got to spend quite a bit of time around Tom Brady in your mm-hmm. time with the Buccaneers while he was there. So I, I do have to ask, outside of the Super Bowl, because we all know the, the Super Bowl is the the pinnacle, it's the the mountaintop. What was your favorite memory of your time with Tampa while Tom was there? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to choose from because that was a really special time and it was a lot of fun, even though it was the COVID year. I mean, just in general, like, I remember the day that he signed and it was, it was the world was so uncertain. The, the office had just shut down. We were like in our homes and like didn't know which, which way was up. And he gave us something to focus on, which is my, uh, probably like my, my sentimental answer is that he just got all like us through as an organization, um, a really tough time. And my funny example though, and I think this, the memory that sticks out the most to me is I was, this was in 2021 training camp. So we were like allowed back around the team, um, a little bit more. And we were going into the indoor facility for practice. I remember and I'm walking in the indoor and Tom is walking behind me and with Clyde Christensen, the quarterbacks coach, Alex Guerrero, his trainer, and uh, Jack, his son, was in town as a ball boy. And so he was like, I couldn't hear exactly what was going on in the conversation before this happened, but I just hear, you know, children's voices are higher. So I hear Jack's voice and I just hear him go, yeah, well, you played Eli Manning in the Super Bowl twice and you lost both times. And I was like, <laughs> And I like whipped my head around and I look and Tom is just like wide eyed. He goes and he looks at Clyde and he's like, do you believe this kid? And like, we continue walking into the indoor. And then like, I was next to Alex Guerrero as the guys were on the field. And I just look at Alex and I was like, AG, I'm like, is it always like that? And he's like, oh yeah. Jack gives it to him really bad. (laughs) And I'm like, kid, you're the only one on the face of this planet that's allowed to say something like that to Tom. And like, and it was, it was, it was, I was dying. I was absolutely crying real tears when I heard that. 
It's so, so nice to hear those moments that makes Tom Brady relatable to the rest of us because of every person that I know, my best friend of 25 plus years or David, who who's one of my closest and dearest friends, mm -hmm. the person that talks the most crap to me is my own child. It be own. It be own. You got to love that. So kudos to, to Jack for you know, putting his dad in his place. But obviously nowadays you are keeping your eye closer to the NFC North and there's some serious quarterback drama going on there. We are going to talk about how that might play out and how it affects the Buccaneers coming up here next on Locked on Bucks. Today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked on because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features to make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so that you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet you will get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. You all know me. I love my anytime touchdown scorer parlays. So, you know, I'm going to put together about a dozen of those for the Super Bowl. And the best part is the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you get paid your winnings instantly so join fanduel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on super bowl 57 that's fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel official sports book partner of the nfl thank you for making locked on bucks your first listen every day and locked on is at the senior bowl get inside analysis from the hosts like david harrison that covered the nfl's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked on NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl. They had one Tuesday, they have one Wednesday, and they will have one tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So Tom Brady is gone, and there's another first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback that looks to be on the move. The Green Bay Packers apparently look to be searching for a way to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. So Bucks fans are going to have questions. In fact, Aaron Rodgers alluded to the fact that he has questions when he was on the Pat McAfee show because he said that there are conversations going on that he's not privy to that involve him. But you know the way the Bucks operate and, and what they're going to be looking to do now after the departure of Tom Brady. So is there any likelihood that the Bucs explore a trade and try to land Rodgers to take over for Tom and keep themselves in contention for a Lombardi trophy, given the talent that's still on this roster? I don't know how it's conceivable. I mean, the thing about Aaron Rodgers is because of the trade, he comes with a ton of baggage. He comes with the trade price in general, which is rumored to be multiple firsts. Um, and it should be for a quarterback of his caliber, obviously. And then on top of that, his guaranteed salary, and you have to pick up his salary. The Bucks are already in cap hell, like hell, hell, uh, like a seventh circle of hell. So like, I have every faith in Mike Greenberg, Jackie Davidson, that front office to figure everything out. I don't th think that includes 
a $50 million quarterback, um, really $60 million quarterback uh, contract, and not to mention all of the trade capital that you would have to give up on top of that. And plus, I mean, there's the rumor that he's not going anywhere in the NFC because Green Bay doesn't want to do that. Um, I mean, if anybody's willing to pay the price, I think that's where that enters into. And his comments about not being privy to some of those conversations, I also think is kind of a normal thing though. Like, sure. He, he is, it, it's very interesting to see the evolution because I was there for his last press conference of the regular season week 18. And he seemed very, uh, standoffish about going somewhere else or just like doubtful. He was like, never say never, but it would take a lot. Like he was very much not really entertaining that. And then as we've seen the weeks go on, I feel like there's more, there's more and more of a divide. There's more and more talk. And he's kind of setting it up for the fact that he may not be a Green Bay Packer next year. I don't think that means that he's a Buccaneer though. (laughs) We're all rooting for him to get traded to the Jets for a year and then go to the Vikings, right? That's, that's what we're all really. I mean, his, his last pass was an interception, just like Brett Favre's. I mean, like you can just follow the script. Uh, that's that's a big hot that's a hot topic these days the nfl script so he's just following the nfl script oh man he's gonna end up with the raiders just to reunite with Devonte adams and it's it's gonna be a, a whole big thing i don't know it'll be interesting to watch but i'm i'm with you carmen i don't see any way that that aaron Rodgers ends up with the bucks fans are gonna ask about it because obviously they they want a big time quarterback to to help keep this team atop the NFC South a, a very bad NFC South and to continue to try to compete and and after these last 3 years the thought of a rebuild is no fun because it seemed like Bucks fans went through that for the better part of a decade uh and now it's it's staring them in the face again but as much fun as it is to speculate on the quarterback situation which we will do plenty of uh in the coming weeks on on locked on bucks there's another glaring hole that has yet to be addressed, and that's the offensive coordinator position. The fan favorite is, of course, Todd Munkin coming back to Tampa after what he's done with Georgia. Uh, there's also Keenan McCardell, who is there in the in the NFC South. There's Jim Bob Cooter, who used to be in, in the North and is, is now with the Jags. Dan Pitcher of Cincinnati, Clint Kubiak of Denver, uh, Shea Tierney of New York. They interviewed, um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but they interviewed a member of the Saints staff. Mm-hmm. Um, is the quarterback situation in Tampa going to affect these potential coaches' interest in the job of offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, it is. But at the same time, it's also a very big opportunity to either you – Either the Bucks go out and get a vet like Derek Carr to come in, serviceable quarterback, not going to cost you a ton of money, um, and you get to elevate him as a, as a veteran, or you know maybe they take a chance on I don't know Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I know that we're all like kind of out on that, but I mean, especially if it is Todd Munkin, I think Zach uh, um, Zach. Oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. Why am I blanking on his last name? Zach, he's Zach on the mic on, on Twitter. He's local Blobner. radio. Zach Blobner. My God. But that's like the easiest name to remember too, because it's so unique. Um, I haven't talked to Zach in a while, so please don't, don't rat me out. I'm sorry, Zach. I forgot. <laughs> I couldn't think of his last name real fast. Anyway, Zach, I think pointed that out though on Twitter. It was like, oh, you know, if Munkin came and then they took Stetson Bennett, he would already know and on and on, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, I think Monk is like, a, is a, I, I loved working with Monk. I didn't get to work with him a ton because at the time that he was at the Bucks, I was the copywriter still. I had just transitioned as he was late that last season. That was like my transition season into covering the team like I did. Um, but I did get to have a few conversations, sit down in the lunchroom with him a couple of times. He's a great guy. The players love playing for him. Um, I would, that would be really funny. What's funny about Munkin though, too, is that if Todd were to take Munkin, he would be taking away his son's offensive coordinator. His son plays linebacker, is going to play linebacker for Georgia next year. And so like, he's not obviously on that side of the ball, but he's taking away a very large piece of why Georgia has been so successful um, in their offensive coordinator. So I'm like, He's like, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, which is actually, funny enough, a very common saying of Dirk Cutters uh, on that staff. But I think that's that's just a funny little twist. I don't think that that would ever enter into um, Todd's mind necessarily. And I know that he values uh, Todd's experience, obviously Todd Munkin's experience. Todd Bowles values Todd Munkin's experience um, in all of this. But then, I mean, yeah. And then there's also the opportunity, though, for an up-and-coming coach a quarterbacks coach which i think is why you've seen so many quarterbacks coach coaches interviewed or position coaches interviewed because it's a really big opportunity for them to step up fill a couple more holes on the staff and be part of building like rebuilding something and i mean like the south is such a weak division at this point like i know a rebuild sucks to say um and it doesn't you know it's it's it because it took so long to rebuild um in tampa before tom got there but it doesn't have to take that long again and just because you do like a little bit of i mean the team itself they're getting older they're again they're in cap hell i mean this is kind of your opportunity to make some major changeovers and then build from the ground up again and really like have everybody be a cohesive unit and you could still be competitive because the the division is so terrible (laughs) but yeah i don't know i think that you've got a guy like monkin i really like um what Shay Tierney was able to do in uh, in New York, just because I know Mike Kafka, he's a Northwestern guy, the OC there, very smart individual. Anybody that has spent time with him and on his staff, I would trust. Uh, and I really like uh, Bengals, the damn pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, given what he was, the way he was able to elevate Joe Burrow and to create things for Joe Burrow to be successful at this level, um, hopefully with some better offensive line play. <laughs> Tampa, but I like those guys. I think those guys are great. Uh, those would pre- probably be my favorites of the bunch. But again, it's do you want experience? Do you want to kind of take a chance on a new, you know, guy that kind of excites you? Who knows? So, if you had to handpick one of these guys to uh, to come in and take over the job, is it Munkin, or would you go for maybe you know the next big thing in a guy like Pitcher? I would go Tierney. Honestly. Okay. All right. I think I would, because like, look at what, you know, Daniel Jones has been able to do. He had the resurgent season this last year. They made the playoffs. And again, I mean, I'm obviously biased to like my Northwestern guys. I keep track of like, especially like guys like Mike Kafka, who's getting head coaching interviews after his first season of being an offensive coordinator. Yeah. So I like, I, people recognize talent and Mike Kafka absolutely has it. And I also think that he can recognize talent. So I like to think that, you know, Tierney is part of that. And I think that he's a, he's an up and comer. I think in NFL circles, he's very well respected. And I think I would go with a new guy, get, get something, you know, shake things up, be excited. Um, you've got so much experience on that staff already. So I feel like it's, it, it's a good, 
nest for someone to land. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get an answer here in the in the coming days. I, you know, I like that thought process. I'm not opposed to it. And again, you know, Todd Munkin's going to be the the hot name in the in the fan favorite. But you know, one of these guys that the Bucks are interviewing could end up an offensive coordinator elsewhere, and and then they could explode. And Bucks fans are going to be stuck there, going, "Oh, so we could have had the next big thing at an offensive coordinator, and instead we we brought on somebody else." But there is still one more game to go in the NFL this season, and we're going to get Carmen's thoughts on the Chiefs and Eagles next on Locked on Bucks. In this episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by Prize Picks. Pick two to six players, and if they will score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other players. It's just you against the projections available. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you can watch, the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. If there is another sport left that they didn't list, but entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy, safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. So if you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Just don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 wrapping things up here talking super bowl with carmen vitale of fox sports here on the locked on bucks podcast but before we get to the super bowl i do want to ask you about a debate that i've had numerous times with various people and as someone who covers the nfc north and has gotten an up close and personal view of this particular player i have to know carmen is justin jefferson hands down the best wide receiver in the nfl yeah yeah, he is. He's, he's awesome, just like on and off the field. But, I mean, he's one of those guys, too, that you just don't really – I feel like you can't appreciate him fully until you see him in person. And that wasn't something that I could have done until I obviously started covering the Vikings and was at U.S. Bank and just felt the energy. That's honestly, I think, no offense to Ray J. I really love Raymond James Stadium and the pirate ship and all of that, but I think U.S. Bank Stadium is my favorite stadium in the NFL now because it is the atmosphere is amazing. The building itself is gorgeous. They have fake snow that comes down pregame, like it's just it's really cool. They like they lean into the Vikings thing, the Minnesota thing, and all the fans are just so in unison. It gets so loud. Press box is open air because it's a dome. It's amazing. That being said, the the reaction to Justin Jefferson is unlike any other and that probably feeds into it too for me but like anytime he makes like a crazy catch i mean there were mvp chants that would break out for him all across the stadium almost instantaneously um seeing the like just the way that he can run routes contort his body the body control he has he makes it look so incredibly effortless and like you have to look back at the stat sheet to realize oh my god that was like a 32 yard gain and because he just makes it look so easy and like you never have any sort of doubt if he like got his feet in bounds or anything like that. Like just the way that he manipulates his body and he can manipulate defenders. He's so good. He's so good at that. And his route running is just 
it's immaculate and he has got so much energy and he's such a fun guy uh afterwards in the locker room so he's 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 really cool he's really chill too yeah love to hear that he's hands down my favorite player to watch like yeah. i will go out of my way if i have the opportunity to watch a vikings game just so that i can watch him he's just he's so fun he's incredible I'm get to, I'm I'm getting to uh, attend. I'm covering NFL honors this year, YS Super Bowl. So because of Justin Jefferson, <laughs> uh, essentially. So I'm excited to get a chance to t- maybe talk to him and just to hopefully he takes home offensive player of the year. I think it's obviously it's a long shot for MVP, but we yeah. will see. If they actually gave the MVP to the most valuable player, he would get it. <laughs> just like last year, it should have gone to Jonathan Taylor. But that's neither here nor there. We're not sure. here to debate the merits of why they refuse to give the MVP to the actual most <laughs> player on a team. But we are going to talk about the game coming up, not this week, but next week. And the Chiefs and Eagles are going to square off in Super Bowl 57, the Andy Reid Revenge Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl, <laughs> no shortage of storylines in this one. So what do you think of the matchup that we have this year between the two number one seeds in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think that these are this these they're the number one seeds. I think they were the best two teams, um, and it was hard because I was I, I got I jumped on the shiesty bandwagon after you know like this the, the whole postseason uh, after the Vikings went out. Especially, I was like, all right, let me hop on this Joe Burrow train. Um, I love him as a player. Talk about somebody that's really fun to watch. Um, but that being said, I do think that the Chiefs and the Eagles are just the, we're just the best teams. We have cheese fatigue. For sure, because they're just always good. But like this season, especially, I think it was the most impressive it's been in a while just because of how much they lost, how many injuries they sustained. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes was still able to be Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. And again, like just just a myriad of things that kind of went wrong for the Chiefs, but like they didn't waver and they're just so solid and you just can't take that away from them. And I really think the Eagles, though, were probably the most complete team. We don't talk enough about their defense either. And uh, it was it was sobering because I was there uh, and I watched the Eagles. What game was that? Was that in Green Bay? Yeah. I think so. I think so. I'm like, I, yeah, like covering four teams, like I get like confused as to which stadium I was in. But I went into the Eagles locker room. Oh, no, no, no. It was the Bears. Sorry. It was the Bears. Eagles, Bears. Um, and I went into the locker room because Sue – I was now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles and I got to, you know, talk to him for a little bit, but that's the thing is like, Sue was an afterthought on this Eagles defense. Yeah. Fletcher Cox is kind of an afterthought on this Eagles defense. Like they have such a good rotation up front. They're solid at every level. They have the most sacks this year. Like we're not giving them enough credit for what they did because I mean, rightfully so we've been talking about Jalen Hurts in the offense. But I really think that, I mean, that team is as solid as it could possibly be. You've got Lane Johnson just leading <laughs> the charge, despite the fact that he is probably dealing with some unimaginable pain with his injury. Um, I don't know. I just, I, it's going to be a great game, I think. But I also said that about the last two games. And then, like, the Chiefs just whooped the Bengals and the Eagles just, I mean, with everything that happened with the Niners, which was sad. But I don't know. So I don't know how it's going to go. Um, I do think that Eagles have the edge defensively, but the other side has Patrick Mahomes. So, <laughs> well, I get to cover the Eagles this year. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for them to be. I want to go into a winning locker room. So <laughs> let's. I'm hoping the Eagles win. Well, and and 
the way that the Eagles offense was able to just dominate who I thought was the best defense in the NFL in San Francisco mm-hmm. and still just absolutely control everything. And then Patrick Mahomes on a bad ankle, he gets two weeks to heal up. You got a front row seat to the last time Patrick Mahomes was in a Super Bowl going up against a defense that can fly around the exact same way that the Eagles do. So I do have to ask, who are you picking to win? I know you said you hope the Eagles win, but are they? I know, but do I actually think that they're going to win? Um, That's a great question. I honestly, I hate predictions. I've always hated predictions, but uh, Fox is asking me for my prediction too. So like, let's just get it out of the way. No, let me stick with the Eagles. Like, again, I just think that they are such a complete team and they've been, like, there's just been this whole narrative around them the whole season because they had a pretty easy schedule that they weren't tested and they were going to flop in the playoffs and they've gone out and just dominated. Mm -hmm. Like, they've won convincingly. And like, I they've shut everybody up. So like, I, who am I to doubt them at this point? Who are, who are any of us to doubt them? Like, there's no reason to, they are, they are a complete team. They're as healthy as they can be right now. And I see that, you know, I think that that defense can maybe take some, you know, tricks and trades out of uh, what the Bucks were able to do against them in the Super Bowl. I mean, granted it was a depleted offensive line for Patrick Mahomes, but Get pressure with four, leave a bunch of guys in the back to just run around and make sure Travis Kelsey is taken care of and hope for the best. All right. Well, Carmen, thank you so, so much for coming back and joining us. We have missed having you on as often as as we did, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be a stranger to this show. I'm sure we will have ample opportunity to continue to talk to you in the near future. In the meantime, why don't you let all of our listeners and viewers know where they can find your stellar work <laughs> uh all of my articles appear on foxsports.com uh i don't think anybody's interested in the bears podcast and stuff that i do now but uh you can always follow me on twitter i will be in phoenix starting on sunday getting to do all the stuff leading up to the super bowl nfl honors all that kind of stuff i'm going to be following the eagles most closely as the nfc representative so um it's gonna be fun come along for the ride all right. And of course, you can check out everything that I'm doing over at SBNationsBucksNation.com. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked On NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We will be back tomorrow live on YouTube with Evan Klosky. A little delay in WTSP Wednesday because my son decided to make his return to the hockey rink and threw off all of our scheduling. But Evan will still be on to give his thoughts on everything going down. Make sure you check that out. Follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBox, at JRCO underscore box, and at Carmi B C A R M I E and the letter V. Carmen, thank you once again for joining. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the kids. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.